stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well. Or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I'm here with my sidekick, my sometimes son, Spencer the Wizard Grossinger, who's here for NFL football analysis. So, Spence, mm-hmm. let's just start riffing through the games. That was an interesting segue in the sometime son. You're right, in December, I'm not really going to be your son, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. It's a joke. We're father and son. We're a great um, pair. Um, and uh, I guess it's time what I, to do what I do best <laughs> on the show because my jokes are sometimes, you know, pretty crazy. But anyway, speaking of crazy, how about New England and Indianapolis yesterday? Andrew Luck um, coming into the game. Here, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna move this over so we can both talk. Um, did you did you catch any of the Andrew Luck and um, Patriots game yesterday? Yeah, it was uh, interesting statistic that the Patriots have actually scored 50 points or more in two games. However, if you look at the rest of the league, there are only two games with 50 plus points. Unfortunately, what's going to come out of the game is Big Gronk. Gronkowski broke his forearm and underwent surgery today. It's supposedly he's going to be out for four to six weeks. Yeah. So this reminds me a bit of uh, in the Eagles game where LaShawn McCoy was in in garbage time, got a concussion with two minutes left. Andy Reid was asked why did he keep him in, and look, it, they, were, they were down 31-6. With a straight face, he looked at the reporters and he said, because um, – one of the score points and win the game. And then somebody had a follow-up question. They go, oh, really? And he looked at him in the face and said, to score points to win the game. Well, I don't really fault Andy Reid in that instance uh, in the sense that you could have a concussion at any time. But I, I do fault the fact that, you know, he's, uh, as always, evasive, stern, and sarcastic. And here in Philadelphia, now that our team is 3-7, and seven, it's uh, just a matter of time. Right now, most every article is speculating on Andy Reid's successor. And uh, there, there's a Jeffrey Laurie uh, APB out there. Uh, try to cite him and get him to make a comment. At this point, I, I don't believe uh, that there any cha- that, that an in-season change would, would in any way alter anything here in Philadelphia. Well, yeah, I think they're talking about just like an interim head coach coming in like, um, like Todd Bowles or um... – or Marty Morningweg just coming out and uh, and just 
filling in the head coaching duties for the rest of the season. And with them releasing Reed, the argument is that the players would then try harder because then they know that they didn't have the safety valve of Andy Reid. They kn- know that the next coach coming in for the next year is going to be looking at these final seven games and to see if they're still playing hard and with the same intensity of a team that's trying to make it to the playoffs. Um, today, Ron Jaworski had an interesting comment about the Eagles. He said that it's not good to make an in-season coaching move. He then argued because the Eagles can still make the playoffs at 9-7. and seven. And to me, that's such an unrealistic statement because this team got whipped by the Washington Redskins. The Eagles still have to go to Dallas and at the Giants. And if they lose one more game, they're done. And this team just looks like they have no fight right now. Their defense was an embarrassment yesterday as they made, you know, Robert Griffin III is a great quarterback and all, but the Redskins are not a great home team. And they're a very average NFL football team. And Santana Moss Moss. That's funny. He mossed two guys yesterday on one play, and he's only 5'7". So that just shows a lack of effort. And then Namdi Asamoah just let uh, just let um, one of the wide receivers get wide open down the field. And uh, actually the story was one of – I think it was Kirk Coleman got burned on the play, and Namdi Asamoah didn't want to uh, be responsible for letting the Washington score, so he let one of the guys in for a touchdown – and uh, after the game, I think he just um, he said it was not his fault that that happened. And you can't do that in the NFL. You got to pick your teammates up. You got to help your teammates, even if one of them gets burned on the play. And the Eagles right now just don't need don't seem to have any leadership. And to go back to Jaworski, I just think it's completely unrealistic that at this point that they make a push and may, and go into the playoffs nine and seven. They have so many difficult games, and they 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 weren't even able to compete with Washington so even if they beat Carolina which they should do on Monday night I, I still think that that statement is just it's it just such an unrealistic point of view that they'd make the playoffs at 9-7 and seven, you know it's just kind of uncomprehendable at this point um Again, um, talk. I want to talk about Andrew Luck because yesterday he made two horrific he made two terrible passes in the game and had two pick sixes um, and the the Patriots pretty much embarrassed the Colts, kind of like a statement just saying the torch is not ready to be passed yet. I'm still Tom Brady. This is still Foxborough. You're not going to come in here and and you've had a nice story, but it's really our season. And looking around the the, the league, I still see last year's teams coming to shape. I still see the Giants and the 49ers as frets. I think the Giants are going to get it back going. The Giants played a great game at San Francisco earlier this season. They still showed a lot of talent earlier in the year. I think the Giants, if they get into the playoff tournament, are very dangerous. The Patriots are still very dangerous. Their offense, as you've mentioned, has gone 50-plus the last couple weeks. Houston and Matt Schaub had a nice game, even though they took Jacksonville lightly, and Chad Henney had a career day. So that was a fun game to watch. But Houston, again, still... Still finding ways to win. So I like Houston. I like Denver. And Denver, even last year with Tebow, got deep into the playoffs. So I like a lot of the same teams. But to go back to Andrew Luck again, I know I'm making some circles around the NFL and just catching us up to date. Andrew Luck yesterday, after throwing the interception, he slammed the field turf three times. And 
a lot of people just wouldn't think of that. They would they wouldn't just think of uh, they they would just say Andrew Luck played a poor game and everything. But I actually gotta praise Andrew Luck because I saw emotion, I saw disappointment, and I saw expectations, and that's something I'm really proud. That's something that I'm proud of Andrew Luck for is actually he this team the Indianapolis Colts actually care. They got a very easy schedule the rest of the way. And I think Andrew Luck yesterday just showed so much emotion after throwing his interceptions. He really, truly cares, and he really wants to get better. And he has that drive that many others don't have. And that emotion to see him slamming the turf, to see him really frustrated, it is positive emotion to let out to your team. It's saying, you know, I made some mistakes, but I'm trying my hardest, and I'm just as frustrated with my performance as you guys. It wasn't like a slump shoulder look. It, it wasn't just, eh, you know, we weren't supposed to win this game look. It's a, it's a look saying that he was accountable for making those mistakes, and that's great to see. Well, yesterday was the uh, starting premiere of one Nick Foles, number nine, six foot six, out of the University of Arizona. My own view is I give him mixed reviews. Um, you know, obviously he started the game with a uh, a tipped ball interception, and through one particularly bad, you know, a rookie type mistake, he was rolling left. It just it just threw it across his body, and. Uh, it was, it was a bad throw, and it was intercepted. Beyond that, I saw a guy who hung in the pocket, made some good throws, and the, the offensive line just, you know, was terrible again. Anytime they would, he would make a good throw, there was either a holding penalty or an offsides, and the, uh, the wide receivers are just not getting open. If you look at the replays, you look at LaShawn McCloy, and, um, I mean, I'm sorry, you look at uh, LaShawn, uh, Deshaun Jackson, has almost the same name as the other guy, and also Jeremy Macklin. Those guys had like two catches yesterday, and uh, it just seems like he is a comfort level with the backup guys, Damaris Johnson and, um, and you know, Riley Cooper. and Riley Cooper, who made, who made a couple good catches. Yeah. But the Eagles just look dead, as you said. Uh, this reminds me of the last year of Ray Rhodes when you knew he was going to be fired. They, they they had a string where they started out one and seven. And it also reminds me of with Kotite, the last year of Kotite. You could just feel like th- there's no air in the ball. And uh, 14 years is enough. It's time to turn the page. So that's a- All right. Um, well, real quick to forward the conversation, we know that Andy Reid's going to get fired. Some candidates right off the top of the head, uh, right off the top of my head that I'm going to mention. Uh, tell me if you if any names you like. Uh, I think Herman Edwards. Uh, I think um, Eric Mangini could be a possible option. I think that John Gruden, John Gruden's a stretch. Cowers a stretch. Brian Billick wants to get back into football. Then you have some college coaches like Brian Shaw at Stanford, Chip Kelly from Oregon, who's an offensive specialist, even though they didn't have a great game offensively versus a great Sanford D. Um, so, and and then you have Lane Kiffin and and you know some college guys that you can mention. Um, you know Nick Foles again, like as I mentioned last week. I just don't know if he has the personality and drive like an Andrew Luck to really 
compete in the NFL. I mean, I know he can make some, uh, I know he has the physical attributes. He's tall and has a pretty strong arm. But I don't know if he could really lead a team that's in dire straits right now. I look at a guy that I think should get us a look at starting quarterback at least somewhere, and that guy's Kirk Cousins in, in uh, Washington. Um, I'm not saying this because I'm a Spartans fan or anything, but Kirk Cousins is uh, he's a very smart guy. He's a 4-0 average, but he's a guy that's very well-spoken, a natural-born leader, and he really knows how to get across a message. He's a great speaker, and he also had, um, when, he, when you did see Kirk Cousins play, he had a nice preseason game. And uh, he was thrown into the Redskins game against a tough Falcons defense. And he is backing up Robert Griffin right now. But if I were the Eagles, I would try to make a move maybe for Kirk Cousins. Because Cousins and Foles on one team together, that would be an exciting quarterback battle to see who could really take over this team. So I look for Cousins. I think Cousins could be just as good as Foles. I think that if the Eagles wanted to draft Matt Barkley, they could. It looks like he's slipping. Um, he, remember, Matt Barkley was the clear number one pick, and just because he's had, you know, kind of a shaky season doesn't mean that you should give up on everything that he's done at USC. He's still one of the most successful quarterbacks in Trojan history, a great speaker, and a natural-born leader as well that's going to do great at the next level. So I still went Barkley. Well, that uh, first segment sure flew by. In the next segment... As Bruce the Sports Doc, of course, we're going to go through the injury list. I want to highlight several important injuries throughout the NFL, and I'd like to talk a bit about the injuries themselves. So we appreciate everybody tuning in to Bruce the Sports Doc here on Voice America. We'll be back in three minutes. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. The opening kickoff 
is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm a neurologist, sports doctor, and injury specialist. And I have offices in Wilmington, Delaware, and just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Should you be with the driving distance of our practice, and you have any of these problems, you want to consult with me or any of my associates, please give us a buzz, 610-521-6063, or in Delaware, 302-636-0900. Two zero. We uh, we happy to see you. We take virtually all insurances, even Medicare or HMOs. You name it. We really like what we're doing. We have a lot of enthusiasm. If you come in, I think you'll see that the whole staff uh, will be very courteous and will welcome you in and try to help you out. For this segment, I wanted to lead off by talking about a severe injury by Willis McGahee, star running back for the Denver Broncos. He had a torn MCL which is medial collateral ligament. I'd like to talk about Willis, his specific injuries, and take a step back and talk about how we manage MCL tears. Willis McGahee has a torn MCL in his right knee and will miss six to eight weeks. To complicate matters, he also has a fracture in his lower right leg. He's going to be on crutches for approximately a month. The interesting thing about MCL tears, unlike ACL tears, is they often heal without surgery. And therefore, McGahee will not need surgery. And his coach, John Fox, quoted today, he's a fast healer. And therefore, he's not on injured reserve. So there's a chance he could come back. He could play at the end of the season. And the Broncos are going to need him in the playoffs. So unfortunately, it's a matter of of keeping weight off of the knee, healing up, and eventually rehab for a torn MCL tear. One thing about McGahee, he's certainly familiar with adversity. Let's flash back to the Fiesta Bowl. McGahee was at Miami and essentially had a three-ligament tear in his left knee, devastating left knee injury. He would have been a top draft pick, fell all the way to 23rd in the draft, and in fact had to miss a whole year. However, he bounced back with 3,000-yard seasons over his, fast four, over his first four years. And at Denver, totally rejuvenated with Peyton Manning. We hope that Willis McGahee will be back by the end of the season, but at least it's the right ligament to tear. Obviously, if you're going to tear a ligament, you, you want to tear the MCL, which is located on the middle part of the knee. And let's talk a little bit about how we treat MCL tears. 
First of all, you have to grade the MCL tear. And they go, of course, from mild to severe. A mild tear usually resolves completely within a few weeks. That's called a grade one MCL tear. The treatment involves icing the injury, anti-inflammatory medications, and knee exercises. A grade two tear usually involves, again, allowing the pain to subside, beginning range of motion, and then followed by strengthening activities. When somebody has a grade two tear, which is a moderate tear, they usually use a hinged knee brace. That is, you limit extension on the knee and allow you to bend the knee, which is flexion of the knee, but it does, it does provide support laterally. And therefore, other than a hinged knee brace, the treatment is very much the same for a grade two MCL tear. That is, as always, treating the pain, ice, range of motion. And athletes with the grade two tear can return to practicing and to training as long as there's no signs of instability. And these tears involve a return about four weeks. Now, again, flashing over again to Willis McGahee, he had a, a leg bone fracture. Uh, I, I wasn't, I didn't see in the articles exactly the bone, but I presume it was a fibular bone fracture. The fibula is a uh, non-weight-bearing bone, and that's much more common than a tibial, tibial fracture, which is a uh, the large bone in the front part of the leg. So it appears that some of the duration of inactivity for Willis McGahee will be due to the combined injuries, that is the MCL tear, coupled, coupled with the fracture of the lower leg as well. By all accounts, Willis McGee has a grade 3 MCL tear. Why do we say that? It's because he's on crutches. His knee has been immobilized. Though earlier range of motion is really the state of the art in the healing process. Once he can begin bending his knee, he's going to commence activities, such as stationary bicycling. And eventually, he'll be jogging. He'll be using a hinge brace, which is very helpful to support the knee. And patients with a grade 3 MCL tear, on average, they return approximately three months after the tear. So if you look at it, we had to grade it without being privy to the medical records of Willis, but just looking as Bruce the sports doc, trying to take in all the information I could get, it looks like he's between a grade 2 and a grade 3. And also there's, there's a fibular fracture, most likely, although I haven't seen a report of the actual bone. Treatment involving surgery is unusual, and that usually involves multiple ligamentous injuries. If you go back to the three-ligament injury, the opposite knee for Willis, obviously an ACL plus other ligament tears, those people require major reconstruction, and that's surgery. So let's take a flash look at the injury list. Looking at our home Philadelphia Eagles, Michael Vick, continues to recover from his concussion. All reports are that he is ambulating. He's back at the facility. He's training. Um, the question will be whether he will practice this week. And Andy Reid announced at his 12-dude press conference that if Michael Vick is able to play, he will return to starting as a starting quarterback against the Carolina Panthers. 
That's a game next week of uh, Cellar Dwellers where um, you've got Cam Newton, who's always exciting, on the Panthers. Again, we talked about how they lost in overtime to Tampa Bay. And the Eagles continue to spiral downwards, three and seven, six consecutive losses. And that's a record in the Andy Reid era for losses. And uh, so Michael Vick is, is recovering. He will be subject to a series of impact tests. And no doubt, he will uh, he will start with some aerobic training, and uh, they will monitor his progress. and will report it as we go along. The other major injury was Rob Gronkowski, as we reported earlier. He had a fractured forearm near the end of the game. Actually, it was on a special teams play. It was on an extra point. He was blocking. So looking at the tape, you really don't see too much. And again, the cameras are not really focusing on him. But really, um, bad injury. He's out four to six weeks. He just had surgery. Most likely a plate and screw in the forearm to stabilize and um, in- increase the uh, the healing and also uh, allow him to return to the field, hopefully by the end of the season. And they're hoping to have Gronkowski in the playoffs. So they're going to be relying a lot on Aaron Hernandez, who's coming back from an ankle injury. He had limited participation in practice prior to the Colts game. And it looks like he's going to be stepping in as the, the lead tight end for the very hot New England Patriots. Ben Roethlisberger remains out with the combination of a right shoulder injury as well as a right rib injury, kind of a, a freak injury. And it was reported, and I'm not a bit sensationally in the in the news that this type of rib injury um, if he went back to play could have caused a uh, a punctured vena cava that is a um, a large blood vessel returning venous blood to the heart and that that rib fracture could directly puncture a major artery and, and actually uh, result in uh, in death so that was reported in in the news and obviously, uh, for Ben's safety, he's going to continue uh, to heal. And with rib fractures per se, they're in most, but not all cases, it's a matter of just waiting for the callus formation for the ribs to heal, as well as the shoulder injury. So they're going to not rush Ben Roethlisberger back. He needs to be at full strength. He's having a great year. And... Uh, and the Steelers um, will hope to get it back before the end of the season. Well, this segment went pretty quick. This was the, uh, the injury report, NFL injury report, segment two of this particular show. And we've got uh, segment three. We're going to have Spencer the Wizard, our sports analyst, back again, breaking down some of the uh, games from last week. And the last segment will be... Uh, pure sports medicine topic by myself stay tuned we'll be back in three minutes your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports 
Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the third segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. It's time to bounce back to NFL football review. Uh, one of the best games yesterday was uh, was Tampa Bay. They were down by 10 points, actually 11, 11 points. And they came back and they scored a quick touchdown. And then they drove without any timeouts. Josh Freeman was perfect. And he threw uh, a great t- two great passes to Vincent Jackson. One between three defenders with 12 seconds left. And then he needed the two-point conversion. A really nice uh, play-action pass. Fakes it into the line, a great fake. And then a slant to Vincent Jackson where he really pumped the ball in the end zone. And that sent the game into overtime. And then, sure enough, they drove drove down the field. And uh, Peyton Manning's old friend, Dallas Clark, hauled one in. 15-yard pass. Game over. And the... uh, Tampa Bay shocked Carolina at Carolina, and and really an exciting finish. Yeah, I mean, this was a game Carolina should have won versus a divisional opponent. Um, Tampa Bay's really come on lately. They've won four of the last five. Josh Freeman's really developing into a uh, to a nice young quarterback. He's he's had some clutch performances, and you got to hand it to him. Uh, a tremendous comeback from him, um, and I, I think he's. Uh, He's starting to turn the tide around there. He's looking more like a franchise quarterback. 
Good resiliency by the Bucks. Again, I mean, this division is so tough. You have the Saints that are rolling now. What a win that the Saints had in, in, in Oakland. The Saints are a team that I knew would turn it around. Um, and, and then you have Atlanta. So the Bucks got their – they have such a small margin of error. But th- but that's a big win for them on the road. And at, at any time you're playing a divisional opponent on the road out in the in the National Football League, it's a difficult task at hand to win. So what an exciting game. And, um, again, Carolina is just a team with Cam Newton that just can't close games out. And they just find ways to lose. And, and for the Bucks, a team that's doing all right, they're finding ways to win. So, um, yeah, a, a great game and nice recap by you, Dr. Brew. Well, um, if you like Smash Mouth football, you love the game Steelers against Ravens last night. Um, happy to catch most of that game. And the beginning of the game was um, Hall of Famers Lynn Swan. And for you, Spets, this is before you were born, but Lynn Swan and John Stallworth were the two wide receivers that Terry Bradshaw threw to. And also Mean Joe Green, who was, who was a, certainly a Hall of Famer. Uh, one of the most interesting parts of the game was the uh, throwback uniforms from the Pittsburgh Steelers going back to 1934. And back in those days, they wore an outfit. They, the uniform looked like a bumblebee. Black and, um, black and yellow stripes on the uniform and also socks going up the legs and some really ugly-looking tan pants and a, just a rather conventional-looking black Steelers helmet. Even though I'm frankly not a Steelers fan, I think the shirts are so cool that I'm going to have to get a uh, I'm going to have to get one of the Steelers throwback shirts. Do so you think it's but an ugly jersey or no? it's so ugly? It's great. Like people, most people I read online just hate it, but I think if something is so bad, it actually turns out to be good. It's so original, that, and that's why I love the jersey. So you probably you would wear one. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, it's it's something that gains it. It's something that people they'll see you wear it, and they'll definitely you'll definitely get attention from it. Like people will definitely look at it and make a comment on it. Like, wow, that's a cool throwback. Or they'll say, oh, you really like those jerseys or something. So I think it just creates a buzz, and um, that's what the uniform's supposed to do. I thought it was a nice tribute to go throwback. I like that. Yeah, I do too. And. Uh... Let's talk about the game itself. Uh, Baltimore just hung on, and they won the game 13-10. to Basically, the Ravens' defense absolutely pounded Brian, Byron Leftwich. And as it turns out, you know, early injury report was that Left, Leftwich had, at, at minimum, bruised ribs. I don't think he had fractured ribs. At the end of the game, the Hail Mary, Leftwich, who is a big guy, can really throw the ball, was like 20 yards short on the Hail Mary. He was really brave to stay in the game. And Roethlisberger, of course, watched from the sidelines. You look on the other side of the field, a lot of offensive futility as well on the uh, on the Baltimore sideline. And I'm um, just looking over the statistics here. Joe Flacco only completed 20 out of 32 passes for 164 yards. The Pittsburgh rushing defense gets an A+. They held Ray Rice to only 40 yards on 20 carries. Wow. And essentially... At the end of the game, the Steelers just couldn't score. They, and uh, it was 13-10, to 10, went right down to the wire, but really a defensive struggle. Another subplot was a, uh, was a late hit, uh, blocking on the guy's name, the safety, the immortal safety. Uh, Ed Reed? Ed Reed, yeah. Ed Reed is actually 
has been given a game suspension and a big fine. He was fined his whole salary for the game for a hit to the head. This is his third penalty for a hit to the head in the game. Not a great surprise, knowing that that's just the way he plays. If you go back to our guy Brian Dawkins, the Dawk, you know, these guys are headhunters. And, uh, I think Ed Reed's a, is an all-class, all-pro player. And, you know, I, just because he made one mistake in the game, I, I still think you can't take away from his from his legacy in the NFL. And I don't really think he's involved in that many. I don't think he's a dirty player. I just think it was just, you know, just one bad, just a mistake. In no way am I saying that Ed Reed's a dirty player. I'm, I'm saying he's a very hard hitter. But through his career, you just said that he kind of went to the, to the head a lot. No, no, no. I'm saying this year. This year, I'm just reporting the news. The news today is... It's the third hit to the head. It's an automatic game suspension and, and getting docked a full game space. So okay. let's not, you know, I have a lot of respect for Ed Reed. He's an interception specialist. He's an older guy. He's a little guy. I'm not saying it all, but I'm just saying a lot, a lot of the old throw-tie players like Brian Dawkins, my favorite mm. player, Just these guys are just big hitters, and, and they're really good at separating the ball okay. from the uh, competition. So that's, that's one of the uh, – uh, the outcomes of the game what was the fine and it's it's certainly reportable yeah you know i look at joe flacco and i and i look at him and then i look at the brady's and peyton mannings of the world and i look at how they run their offense and you know the the, the, the ravens had so many of the opportunities because their defense got them the ball back a lot yesterday and um you know, Flacco is a, is a guy who's not going to lose games a lot, but but in some ways he he just can't really win them. You know, on third down he just has trouble keeping the drive alive. He just throws too many passes out of bounds, going too deep, and and he's got to just convert third downs, keep the chains moving, and staying on the field. And uh, you know, that, and and Flacco sometimes holds on to the ball a little bit long. And you got to give a lot of credit to the Pittsburgh D, but Flacco again. Um, I think it's time for him to start really coming into his own against the Steelers and, and in big games. I think it's time for him to start taking ownership. I mean, the guy's been in the league for four years now. It's time to see him kind of take a step up in his level of progression. And I, I definitely think if the Steelers had Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger can drive them down at the end of the game and win. And, and Leftwich, you know, you got to give him credit. He tried very hard, but he's just not used to this offense and just such a task to come in there play probably the top three toughest defenses in all football well there are a lot of great quarterbacks in the league right now and uh, at the top of the list is Peyton Manning Uh, he achieved another milestone yesterday with the win over San Diego that is a 30 to 23 win one of the uh, it might have been the NFL game of the week the uh, Peyton Manning himself tied the career wins of, of John Elway. Second place on the all-time list, 148 career wins, with Favre a shocking 38 wins greater. So if you look at Peyton Manning, he won going away. Three touchdown passes, also a defensive standout in the game. Von Miller had three sacks and two forced fumbles. Philip Rivers, I must say, I mean, he really he does hang in there. He's a tough guy. Yeah. He took some some battering hits. I, I think you probably saw some of that game. Yeah. But you know, you look at the score, thirty to twenty three. It looks close, but the game was not that close. Denver really was in charge the whole the whole way. Yeah, I mean, 
San, uh, San Diego has some, has some talented players around. Ryan Matthews is a guy that if he could stay on the field has a lot of talent and is a young running back. But um, but again, you know, it, it's it's unbelievable actually. Um, going back to the 1970s. Uh, no, no, actually, excuse me. Actually, eight years ago, you had two players from the same team win offensive and defensive players of the year. You had the two Lewises, Jamal Lewis, who in 2003 had his breakout year, went over 2,000 yards. And then you have Ray Lewis, who... Um who was the defensive star, uh, defensive player of the year? Now you have Peyton Manning and Von Miller on Denver. He's completely taken over for the Denver Broncos. Peyton, Peyton Manning uh, has made Denver um, an, an elite team. And uh, they're top four in the AFC, right up there with Houston and New England. It's a three dog race. Well, we're running out of time in this segment. And we wanted to thank the listeners after segment three. Again, we'd like to pay homage to Ray Ellis, the uh, sports director for Voice America Sports, Michael Mitchell, the head production coordinator, and Matty Ice, our own production uh, coordinator himself for our show. So uh, stay tuned to uh, segment four. We're going to be talking about a pure sports medicine topic, surprise to be named later. And again, we hope you're enjoying the show. Thanks a lot. We'll be back in three minutes. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's got the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. He's left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds 
apart. They need to bench his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the final segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossiger, and I'm a board-certified neurologist and pain practitioner in the Philadelphia metropolitan area. I, along with four other physicians, am available to treat you for your pain, whether it be headaches, neck pain, or orthopedic pain. We try to heal using a collaboration of physical therapy medications and traditional medical techniques and we also involve a host of what could be considered alternative practitioners. We collaborate with acupuncturists, massage therapists, chiropractors and we believe that treating the body as a whole is better than trying to isolate certain body body systems and eliminating others. Today's show deals with the evolving field of regenerative medicine and prolotherapy. want to give accolades to Dr. Mark Johnson, MD. He's the new Journal of Prolotherapy Editor-in-Chief, a very impressive and articulate speaker. That, no- that noise you just heard, the banging, was my 23-pound cat, Beastly, barging into our studio and breaking through a very solid cherry door. That was very impressive, Beastly. Welcome to the show. Notice he's very silent. Sorry for the divergence. Dr. Johnson received his undergraduate degree from Emory University and is a classically trained urological surgeon. Six years ago, he left surgical practice to practice prolotherapy full-time. I had the pleasure of attending a lecture by Dr. Johnson, and I'll report that to you now. Dr. Johnson teaches that prolotherapy as an important clinical tool Therefore, injections of various materials, whether they be hypertonic sugar solutions, whether it be platelet-rich plasma or derivations of fat or bone marrow, according to Dr. Johnson, this is a missing link in medicine. So he believes there's a disease process right under our nose that is poorly understood by the medical community at large. And thanks to observations of him successfully treating thousands of painful joints with prolotherapy, he believes that he has a fairly clear understanding 
of the disease process. He believes that the majority of musculoskeletal problems, which are treated by a host of specialists, including neurologists like myself, orthopedic surgeons, neurosurgeons, chiropractors, and pain clinic physicians, actually deal with what he would call CTDS, connective tissue damage syndrome. And this has to deal with various ligaments and tendons. And just by way of teaching, the tendons connect muscles to bone and ligaments connect bones to bone. So according to Dr. Mark Johnson, the scenarios involve real people who have been successfully treated by Dr. Johnson. And he outlines his basis for treatment, his techniques, and also his theories of using prolotherapy in treating pain and in also, in also improving the function of orthopedic structures, including joints, ligaments, and tendons. Until the 1950s, ligaments were believed to be a significant source of bodily pain. And the reason was, anatomically, there's a very high nerve density in ligaments and tendons. Therefore, damage to these structures would be expected to cause significant symptoms and pain. So, the theory of ligaments being associated with joint pain seemed to wane in the 1950s. And this seemed to dovetail with the emergence of some of our imaging techniques. And as we moved into the more recent decades, the enlightenment or the over-preoccupation with MRI and CAT scan, according to Dr. Johnson, really gave rise to uh, waning, basically going back to the dark ages, not using clinical medicine, not actually palpating the structures. And Dr. Johnson in his lecture explained how many of the patients who come to his clinic in Tennessee literally have never really been fully examined by a doctor. They would sit at a desk, look at MRIs, never actually palpate for tender points, range of motion, checking weakness and neurological examination features. And so Dr. Johnson, certainly I join him in saying the any tests in medicine, MRIs, EFGs, anything, have to logically extend from the clinical exam. And Dr. Johnson, I would say, is, is, is brilliant and also somewhat of a maverick and that he has not ordered an imaging study in six years. He has not ordered or reviewed any x-rays, MRIs, or CAT scans and bases his treatment on a very careful clinical examination and using prolotherapy as the cornerstone. So if we use the analogy that ligaments, which connect bone to bone, they function like steel cables. So let's say there are small breaks or fraying of the ligaments. This will physically place more pressure on the rest of the ligament, stretching it, and also stretching the nerves within the fibers. This causes both localized pain, which means pain at the site, and also re referred pain elsewhere. So a doctor must not be confused by a referred pain network and must be tuned into 
the stretchiness in the nerve supply in the ligaments and tendons. So, Doc Johnson would say, let's look at a common malady, tennis elbow, otherwise known as lateral epicondylitis. It was called tendinitis or tendon inflammation. And biopsy structures showed that there were there was no inflammation within the tendon itself. So then tendinitis became tendinosis. And this became a term for a degenerative or degenerating tendon, one which is aging. So Doc Johnson reports on the different types of presentations of connective tissue damage, that is damage to ligaments and tendons. So there's pain with use of a structure. There's pain continuously with progression of damage. We would call that the overuse syndrome. Certainly that mechanism holds with many injuries to the different structures, the hands, the elbows, the knees, and the spinal structures. And how does it present? Tension, spasm, weakness, trigger points. Also, neurological symptoms, aching, numbness, tingling, pins and needles. Also, something called RSD, which involves the uh, deranged autonomic nervous system. And also, some of the reported changes that we've all seen as pain doctors with weather changes and stress-sensitive symptoms. So again, we're reporting of the findings of Dr. Mark Johnson from Tennessee in his presentation to the American Academy of Osteopathic Prolotherapy and Regenerative Medicine. And this was a 2012 conference held in Naples, Florida. The ligament referral systems were mapped out by Dr. George Hackett and published in the 1950s. These referral patterns, which are very detailed and can be seen in diagrams, suggest that these referred symptoms are almost always misattributed to nerve compression. And certainly as neurologists, we see patients that have problems with the low back and hip ligaments and who have normal MRIs normal EMGs, but yet they have an elusive, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a large amount of these people out there who have problems with the connective tissues, the ligaments and tendons. Dr. Johnson believes that most knee problems are due to ligament damage and laxity. Laxity means loose in the sense that these tendons and ligaments degenerate over time and become dysfunctional. Usually, damage to the meniscus is preceded by laxity of the ACL. And Dr. Johnson, Dr. Mark Johnson, believes that the most important physical test is for the doctor to do something we call a drawer sign. That's like the drawer that you slide out in your furniture, and that involves actually um, having the patient sit and to actually see if there is a sliding forward of the knee with careful palpation. And this laxity, which means looseness of the ACL, can be treated by prolotherapy injections.
So, Dr. Johnson primarily uses dextrose as his go-to injection. And that is a, uh, a fairly benign substance. I think we all agree with that. And he usually mixes uh, some local anesthetic in with his dextrose and injects the precise points where he believes there's wear and tear, wear and tear, and where there's damage to ligaments and tendons. So this is um, certainly exciting. We'll be reporting intermittently with respect to prolotherapy and some of the research that will be evolving. And what we really need in the field of prolotherapy and regenerative medicine is good research. We need prospective studies. We need well-controlled studies. And we need accurate reporting. So, today really flew by. I wanted to thank my co-host, Dr. Spencer Grossinger, for his contributions in the first part of the show with respect to NHL playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, and MLB. And we also want to give a shout-out to Dr. Mark Johnson, the new director of the Journal of Prolotherapy. And we want to thank all the fine doctors, including Dr. Chris Davis and Dr. Brian Scheipel, two leaders in the field of prolotherapy, who practice right in Springfield, Pennsylvania, a stone's throw away from your humble host. This has been Dr. Bruce Grossinger, Bruce the Sports Doc, with Spencer the Wizard, signing off, and have a great week. We'll speak to you next week on Voice America Sports. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio 